You are now listening to a member of the Disney Podcast family. Head over to Disney Podcast family on Instagram to see all the latest posts for this show and links to other great Disney podcasts. Welcome to another episode of Undisputed after a, I think a three-week hiatus we've been on now since the last episode. It's been a little bit. Um, As you can see, Sean is not here with us. Uh, He is off doing Sean things. Um, But we do have the Blurred Hulk from the Marvel Tribe, but also our newest co-host here on Undisputed. David, how are you doing, man? I am doing fantastic, man. Rocking my year-round tan, just enjoying life. Heck yeah, man. How was your turkey day? Dude, it was it was good. Fried up a turkey. Uh, so, I, dude, I, I have a weird story. I don't know if this is an almond. Is that what they say? Almonds? Almonds? So, on turkey day. So, I, I'm in Medford. Beautiful Oregon. Live in a very city air area. You know, we've been in our house forever and stuff. And I kid you not, on Thanksgiving, on the day, the turkey day, Hours before I was about to fry my bird, I had 12 dozen, I had a dozen live turkeys just kind of flollicking around in my front yard. I wasn't sure if it was a, if it was a good almond, bad almond, if it was a miracle or if it was a threat. Like there was a gang of turkeys. I don't know if they're trying to send a warning to me not to fry their cousin. I fried them anyway and he, that bastard was delicious. So. Dude, the, the the my favorite part of Thanksgiving uh, is, is turkey. Like I love turkey. Like I'm always I'm always intrigued on like the different sides that people make with Thanksgiving. But like turkey, it's my favorite. And unfortunately for me, uh, I, I was uh, just a few days out of the hospital, so I was eating yeah. light. Everybody was just ladling it on their plate, murdering it. I'm like, and I'm eating just like Costco free samples of everything on my plate, and I was. Just, uh, miserable yeah well, at least uh, you, weren't eating, you weren't eating turkey pudding right you, the turkey no gentleman. no, no. no yeah, it was everything was everything was legit but it was baby sized portions except for the deviled tough. eggs the deviled eggs i couldn't stay away from i was Ooh. aggressive eating those yeah that's no. my weakness right there 
But yeah, man. Uh, but again, welcome to Undisputed, man. I'm stoked that you're here. I'm I'm so glad I got invited to come be a permanent fixture and be a host. And so I'm I'm, I'm happy for this. If there's ever one person that could hop in the group chat and really uh, keep a conversation going, you're one of them, man. Uh, Yeah. Before we get started, though, we want to thank our sponsors. I'm going to start with them first since uh, I usually butcher them and forget them. We want to thank Where in the Park, Kevin and Amanda, for always helping out here on the show. Showing us all the cool tips and tricks in the parks. Uh, we also want to make sure we uh, shout out Designer Park Co. and Getaway Today. And we'll be hearing from Getaway Today later on in the show. Um, but we also want to thank our lamplighters, our Patreons. We got yes. Tyler, Keith, Robin, Aiden, David, Marianne, and Jennifer. So I, normally I have the show notes for all the topics ready. But that yeah. intro part, I never have it ready and I murder it. So today I was like, you know what? I'm going to get it all laid out so we're clean and ready to go. Okay. Um, so to give you guys a, a little bit of a rundown of what we're doing tonight, we have three topics. We have our our main discussion, which is our Rotten Apple or Pixie Duster. We're going to be talking about a few things Disney. Uh, our opening segment, we're not going to do over, under, just right. We got a new game called What Do You Smell When You Hear This? Ooh, okay. okay. What do you think that by, by that by the title of that? It's a play on words, but when you hear that, what do you think? It's again, it's uh, what do you smell? When I'm gonna you be hear honest. This? I'm thinking your favorite human being on the planet, The Rock. Ah, and I said that because I know you how much you love The Rock and you want to be like The Rock, so it makes oh. sense that you would create this segment. Oh, <laughs> how's it going? Robin Sean says he's on his way. No, so what do you smell when you hear this? It's it's. It goes off the play of when people talk smack about something, you're like, smells like a hater. And uh, it's because they said something, but now it smells like a hater. So I'm, I got five Disney-ish words that are commonly used in the community, but I want to get yours and those that are watching your guys' opinion. So some of them are words, some of them are little segments. But when a person says this, what do they? what do you think they mean? So mm. first one. The magic's gone. Okay. <clears throat> when you Ooh. hear when you hear the average Disney fan say that magic is gone, what what is what does that bring to you? What is that when you hear that? What type of feeling? What do you think they're really meaning? Because this one I hear a lot, especially right now, that the magic is gone. So, all right, okay, I see what you're saying. So, when I hear somebody say the magic is gone, I. It's weird, but I, I, I hear. I don't know if I if I've just been drinking a little too much, but I hear <laughs> a guy who just who can't enjoy just can't enjoy life. Like this is a person who who doesn't understand the, the value of a pickle. Like he, this is a person who like eats bland foods. I I I, I smell mayonnaise when i when i hear that so that's that's what i hear now just explain did you say mayonnaise or mayonnaise mayonnaise okay for a minute dressing stuff (laughs) for a minute that i said mayonnaise i was like well all right that's 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 aggressive uh so (laughs) sean says means they aren't true disney fans well so that's that's one take i hear i hear this a lot the magic's gone and when I hear it, I always I immediately go to people that three things. One, 
They don't go to the parks, if ever or at all. Mm -hmm. Two, they're Facebook warriors, which means the headlines say Disney's done this, and they immediately say, oh, Disney's done that. So, or I instantly think of my last one. This is my favorite one. They remember Disney when they were a kid, and therefore that's all they're going off of is, nope, it's not like that anymore. And which is hard to believe because my kids go there. The only time my kids hate Disney is when I make them go on rides that I like and not them. But other than that, though, man, their mouths drop to the floor every time we go. We've been there a handful of times mm-hmm. and they're still starstruck. But yeah, so that's the first one. The magic is gone. Okay. Okay. All right. <clears throat> All right. Here we here, Here's another one. Hit me. All right. Walt's not dead. Man, get your tinfoil hats out because this is, yeah, this is the, oh, my God. I'm not even going to say. I paraphrase this one because a lot of people assume that Walt, I mean, not a lot of people, there are some. I found some theories. Now, this Mm -hmm. is going down a rabbit hole, finding these little, like, contexts. But there Mm -hmm. is some theories out there that, uh, yes, they do need to tap into the inner child. Absolutely. There are some theories out there now. I don't know how, how how legit they are, but they're growing. But that like Walt is like uh like aliens to Area 51, that he's a paid actor. Mm. I I mean now granted these are off of like Joe Blow website, so I just brought him on to stir the pot, of course. But um yeah, that Walt's not dead, meaning he's well, never was never here. Let's let's walk because I don't jump down that rabbit hole at all. But let let, let me just walk down there and just ask some questions. I just it's in the realm of ridiculousness. Okay, so what? First of all, why why would Walt fake his own death and not enjoy the fruits of his labor and stuff? Why would Walt would be a, a freaking multi mega billionaire today? Can do whatever he want. I mean he. He could, you know, go to that weird island when that weird dude that did his own thing, which is weird. Uh, he could be kicking it with Elon Musk. He could be in a rockish. He could have so. Walt being alive today, Walt would be doing some really cool geriatric shit. So it, it just doesn't. It doesn't make any. It doesn't make sense. There's no purpose for him to like. What? 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 What would be the point of him faking his death? What? Absolutely. And when I when I was reading this little article, so this this article was going that Walt. I mean, it's also the same. It's the same website. I should have said the website name, but the website also has an article that says Eminem died 20 years ago, and that Eminem we're seeing today is not the actual one. I've heard that wow. rumor, but I was like, wow, this website is just really gets the people going. But I mean, if he was alive today, I I, I feel like we would he'd want to show it versus not show it, like stay hidden. So I agree with you. But of course, when I saw this one, I was like, dude, it ha-. I was I was hoping Sean will be here for this segment because he's the one that says there's no one else like Walt. So I was hoping he'd be here for this part, but I mean all right, here's the here's the here's the last one before we get into our, our juicy topics. Well, I, I'm gonna say if Walt was alive today, Disney would be sponsoring like boner pills, like it, it you know, <laughs> whatever the stuff that geriatrics or boomers are uh, into and stuff nowadays. They're, they're, know, called, they're, they're called hard magic. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, Disneyland and Disney World will close at 2 a.m. because you have to get ready for dinner and, you know, all that stuff. There will be a big, giant uh, green carpet in front of both of the resorts, and there will be a paid person to yell at people to get off my lawn. I mean, we we wouldn't have the Disneyland that we at Disney resorts or Disney amusement places that we have today. It would be a very different, different type of thing and stuff. Yeah, you you'll see like a lot of older geriatrics going through the small wonder attractions, asking each of the animatronics, "Are you my grandchild? Come sit on my lap. Let me tell you a story about the good old days." Like it just, it it would be a weird Disney Disney. Land Disney World, if Walt Disney World, excuse me, if he Ooh. was alive today. So clean save, clean save. Uh, all right, last one. This one's right. an interesting one, and this one's come around quite a bit lately. Right. Disney's grooming. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm I'm actually okay. First of all, grooming is horrible. It absolutely <laughs> is, but. If we're to delve into the mind of one of these sycophants, Disney would probably be the the goal for them as far as groomers and stuff. You, you where else can you have as much access to to impressionable people there is in the world and stuff? Now, with that said, it's incredibly a stupid, <laughs> stupid uh, conspiracy thing it's it's you know it's the same it's it's just as bad as pizzagate you know the the you know they're holding kids down in pizza trading for chuck e cheese tokens or i forgot what that conspiracy was and stuff hillary was like playing poker for children or in the basement of the pizza hut place or whatever it, it's just it's just whack out far out there <laughs> conspiracy and stuff but if any of those were to be true that would probably be more logical. Like, yeah, it's it's a it's a place that's built to attract youngins and stuff. And so that's that's a creepy dude's utopia and stuff to pick up people to groom and impression and to be impressionable. But it's not true. It's it's bullshit. So but yeah. So me, I mean, when I hear this, I I, I chuckle. I, I chuckle quite a bit because I mean, obviously, a good piece of this is the fact that challenges and 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 changes that are going on in Florida, and, and, and I mean, in the world in general, but it, it's, mm-hmm. it seems to be the the what's the epicenter of it's in Florida. And I have this conversation with some people that are like, "Hey, do you do you want your kids learning about this, this, and this, whatever it may be?" And and Disney's just doing it. I'm going to be quite honest. I've Two issues with that. One, if I want if if I want anybody teaching my kids anything, as as horrible as it sounds, and I'm gonna get blocked by some people, mm-hmm. I think Disney's the best person to do it. I mean, you watch Oliver and Company, mm-hmm. and they made me realize, damn, kidnapping is bad. The end of the movie, the girl gets kidnapped. And they said, "Hey, if you keep this quiet, we're square." And you realize, damn, kidnapping's not okay. So when there are all these things that are going on about today's changes, today's adaptations, today's – I'm not even going to use the, the word that everyone likes to use for because no one knows what they're even meaning with the word. But it's like, you know what? If Disney is doing it – I hate to say this, but they're probably going to be the ones that do it the 
nicest and most understandable. Secondly, secondly, if I am looking to Disney or Disney Plus in this case to raise my children, I feel like that's where the real problem lies. If I mean, I'm not screening everything my kids watch, but at the same time, I understand that when they have questions about anything, I'll answer it. I'm very honest with my kids. Some people say I'm too honest, but very honest with my kids. So when I hear this, that Disney's grooming them, if you are letting anybody else groom your children on any aspects of life, I feel like you've dropped the ball as a parent, if I'm being honest. Like, right. it's on you to talk about all things life with your kids. Then they go out in the world, they learn these things, they come back to you for that clarification. That's so, my right. on it. Okay, I, that's valid. So here's here's I. So this is where we 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 have a miscommunication. Um, so when you say grooming, I I don't. So I, I get the, the the notion about raising my kids, or you know you know putting propaganda out there, doing whatever and stuff like that. I don't see that as so much as grooming. Um, when I when I heard groom, grooming, when you said that, I was thinking about like these these old older men who are like grooming these younger people into becoming like their child brides or, you know, br- you know, brainwashing them into that kind of thing, but raising your kids. Yeah. Like here, here's, I'm, I'm from Gen X. So you're going to get the unfiltered Gen X perspective on this. Okay. I'd much rather Disney groom me than the eighties because the eighties was just a pure ball of just chaos. And let me get, I'll give you, you, you talked about kidnapping, right? Let me tell you about my childhood and our introduction to about kidnapping and stuff. We had TV commercials that scared the shit out of us. There would be a crime, what's this, crime dog McGruff is sitting there and he's watching. He's like, hey, look at little Susie walking down the street. And then here comes a big old uh, 80 Chevette pulling up and swinging in the door open. And the crime dog is like, do you think Susie's going to make the right choice? The next thing you know, Susie disappears, and then they pants to the playground, and all the kids in the park disappear. It's like, no, Susie made the wrong choice. Don't be like Susie. It scared the crap out of us. Like, we didn't want to walk anywhere near cars. We didn't want to be any. We're looking for white vans and trench coats, and we had, they created the boogeyman for us. And so, like, that's full-on wrong way of grooming somebody and stuff. I'd much rather Disney, rather have Mickey or Donald just come and talk to me about just being safe <laughs> and everything else and stuff. Like, so, yeah. Yeah. And see what she would just happen there, nailed this little exercise on how people hear one, two, maybe a sentence. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it's like Loki. Mm-hmm. You hear one word and there's like, boom, 12 oh. different timelines of all of these different articles. And I, I, I love turning that mirror on it, like, hey, read the article, guys. Learn what the words are. There's a certain word that I didn't mention. Me and you probably know exactly what word it is because Mm -hmm. it is highly abused, highly misused, and honestly, it's like the scapegoat for anything negative. So, Mm -hmm. But with that that being negative, let's talk about some more negative news. And now we're going to go into one of my favorite sections. This is the one that usually gets... uh, Sean's blood pumping. We're going to be going into our poison apple or pixie duster. Real quick, before we get started, for those that are just joining us, or David, what do you think a poisoned apple is? And I'm sure you know what a pixie duster is. 
But what do you think those two words are? And for those of you that are watching, let us know in the comments below. What do you think a pixie duster is? And what do you think a poisoned apple is? If you've seen the show before, you know exactly what it is. But if you're new to the show, comment below. Let us know what you think those are. So I'll start with pixie duster. Pixie duster is simply someone who has love goggles on for all things. Love goggles. I love, love goggles. They they don't see they see through these rose color heart shaped goggles for everything, and it's just everything is great. And there's got to be a reason why it's great and why it can't be bad. And it's just you're seeing you're you're just the optimistic cheerleader for for a thing. The poison apple is on the opposite side. It really is kind of like this is the reason for it this to fail. This is the reason why this is not going to work. This is the reason why that thing that's being shoved in our face is reason why I'm using the word shoved in my face, not presented to me, not offered to me, like forced down my throat. That's the, that's the poison apple and stuff. Like I, you know, whatever they're hiding in that nice little dainty little package is pure poison. That's being, you know, I'm being forced to consume and stuff. So there's my, there's my definitions and stuff. And you're not far off. I mean, a pixie duster sees no wrong at all. And a poisoned apple sees no right. Like it just, as soon as it comes out, whatever it may be, it is bad. Automatically it's negative. It's yes. Yep. And with this topic, and I think this is going to be an interesting one. Have you seen the movie Wish yet? Not yet. No, not yet. All right. So the off trailers alone. If you've seen the movie Wish in the comments, let us know. Based off the trailers, mm-hmm. what do you think the movie, have you looked at the numbers yet of the movie? I know, I know it's lower, you know, it's low and stuff, but then again, I mean, here, here, here this is, this is the whole thing. Okay. And, and I'm going to just say this, people are expecting home runs on every freaking thing. I mean, let's, let's, let's be real. They're, they're expecting a home run on, on what was it? Elements. What was that? That Elemental. The, Elemental. It made a half a billion dollars, but it was a slow burner. It didn't, it, it, it was doomsday apparently outside of the box opening weekend, and then it grew to be a half a billion dollar uh, project for uh, IP for Disney. So, yeah, the box offices are low, but I don't really care about home runs. You know, I just really care about the story and if it's good and if I'm entertained and stuff. So, well, and and it's funny because I so I saw I saw Wish. My my daughter saw the Asha dress and was like, "I'm all in. I want that dress." So I was like, "You know what? Let's go see it." And um, it was, it was. How's it going, Sean? Welcome. You think we're this is dinner theater, man? But I've I've worked forty hours the past three days. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Good to see you, man. Yeah. So, wish. I mean, I I enjoyed. Sean, have you seen Wish? I have not. All right. So it's really You're fine. Talk about it. It's okay. So really, the, movie, yeah, okay. the movie itself, I me personally, I think it's okay, but I think it really it had too much blended together. I think the uh trying to use different animation styles, it's hit and miss. Oh, the you, really blended. you really couldn't tell that they switched up styles 
except on for some pieces. Like it wasn't really heavy. I think the whole prequel notion that people are saying, oh, it's a prequel. If you look at it, because the end credit scene, that's a stretch. The music in there, though, is absolutely phenomenal. Like, mm-hmm. it's up there with, like, songs from, say, like, Coco. I like Encanto's playlist. Uh, the Greatest wow. Showman's playlist. Like, the songs are re- really good. Yeah. Okay. Like, but in the villain, we have, like, an OG villain. It's an absolute bad guy. Mm-hmm. But they they it was weird because you have these premises of it being a sub story of Walt. You know, it starts off a guy created a magical land where everybody of all shapes, sizes, colors, everything could come and let their, their dreams be heard. Okay. That sounds like Walt sounds like Disneyland. I like where this is going. Then it just switches and you, you see the plot, you see the enemy, you see it all in the beginning. And then it's just like, all right. So it's like every other Disney movie, every other. Yeah. And everyone has said that. It's 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 not so. Remember, I'm sure you guys have all seen Frozen by now. Oh yeah. So I'm, that I'm, plot I'm, twist, when you, what that plot twist when you <laughs> see Han is the actual bad guy? Like, whoa, wasn't really expecting that. Uh, Coco, the plot twist that hey, Hector's your grandfather, fool. Like, come on, like those plot twists were like, oh my gosh, there was none of that in this movie. The there was no. Some people said they cried, but I I cried more on Once Upon a Studio than I cried on Wish. I didn't even cry. I mean, I was getting a little emotional that they're going down the Walt route, and then they just deferred from it. So I was like, man, but here's the real kicker. And you bring up a good point about Elemental making half a billion dollars. Right now, opening weekend, Wish has brought in just shy of 50 million. Now, technically, yeah, that's terrible. We won't get the official updated numbers until tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, it is at just shy of 49 million. So the Hunger Games beat it, didn't it? Uh I, I don't know. I, I haven't looked at that. But my question is, and this is kind of the the, the picks test is when do the animated movies go back to what was working? Outside of anybody's personal like politic beliefs, but so, if you if you look at Elemental, you look at this, you look at what else has come out cartoon wise in the last year. Um, I mean, Elemental is fun, but it's literally the blueprint, the skeleton of Zootopia. They just said, "Hey, instead of animals, we're going elements." All right. Elemental was really I, good, though. It, it was. And so I hear what you're saying. So when, when you say when it go back to what is working, Disney never, never did that. That's so it, it, let me just let me just preface it with this. OK, OK. So Disney makes retold stories. They're very good at doing that and adding a new different light on a retelling of a story. It, this is that's what they're good at. Mm-hmm. There, that's what they're. I'm assuming what they did with Wish, but the thing is, fans today want something new. They they really don't want, and they say that I want Disney to go back to what you really are saying is I want to feel like when I first saw The Lion King or I first saw. Oh, I'll movie. give you that because that's a retelling. Your grandparents probably seen the story similar to that. 
in previous. But for you, that young person who saw that Disney magic, that was your first experience. There is people today, young people, who've never seen a version of Wish being retold. They're not going to look at Wish and say, oh, yeah, I've seen that. That's that's like Aladdin or that's like this. That it's For them, it's that brand new magic and stuff. And that's what Disney does. Their, their bread and butter is catering to that younger audience to help raise them into older, older fans and stuff. And granted, you're going to get some fans. Just it's just it's just like once you see a dead body, you see them all right. You, you <laughs> that that mystique, that curiosity, that stuff. It it does. We have to we have to check ourselves and be um, open to the fact that maybe it's not Disney. It might be just our expectations. Because we we grew up in a place where Disney was just wowing us new and new. But when we got older, we realized a lot of those wows were rehashed, retold, uh, reimagined original or uh, old stories and stuff. And that's where we're getting. We're seeing this. So that's but, but my with, take on that. With, but you know what though? With that though, kind of still confirms what I said. Then they're not. Then they then they they need to go back to that because wish, which is commonly being said, is. Your standard, typical, cut dry princess movie. There's a villain. She's a princess. Either they'll say she's a princess, but just treat that way. Same, same rundown. But you go elemental. That's a a reskin of a, a Zootopia. Wish okay. was like a reskin of any other princess. But I think the the overall meat and potatoes of it wasn't there. Like it was fun, the music was good, but there was nothing. I mean, I think the movie itself was kind of a dud. Like I, it was good, but it's forgettable. Um, so we got uh, which is an original story. I think they need to go back to focusing on the art of it and leave the storytelling to the writers. Get the rights and put beautiful art on it. Okay, I see, and I, and I agree with that. Uh, do you Wish think the writers aren't in, in charge of the storytelling? Like, I, I, I get, I I get what you're are, saying. I but. think they are to a fault, though. And you look at all the other properties that Disney owns. Mm-hmm. Anything Star Wars, yes, there are writers attached. But we see and hear more writers and directors jumping off projects because the higher-ups don't want them to go that route. I mean... It's hard. I mean, we're we're seeing it in Star Wars or Lucasfilms. We're seeing it in Marvel. We're seeing it in Disney. I mean, we're seeing it in Pixar. Those are different animals, though. So to be fair, especially Marvel. Let me just call out Marvel and Star Wars real quick, because there is an overarching theme to that universe and stuff. And directors, especially directors and some writers, they want to put their own spin or take it or create reimagine something completely different that may break that story arc of that universe and stuff so you have to be very careful and i get that pixar you can make as many artistic individualized visualistic movies as you want because there's no massive universe unless you believe in conspiracy theories there is <laughs> but i was hoping you knew that but they're not. So those two, I think those are different animals when you call when you when you call out Marvel and, and Star Wars. They are, but even if and not to go too far this, but if you look at say, you look at Avengers Infinity War and Endgame, the Russo brothers stayed on that project since Civil War. Mm-hmm. 
and you saw how buttoned up tight and clean that was. For the most part, there's 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 some salt and pepper errors, but overall, they were two complete good films. Then you take other films where directors and writers have stepped away from the project. Some new writers have come on. You look at it, and it's all band-aid together. Like it's almost obvious you can tell what's the original shoot and what's reshot. Um, and with Wish and Elemental, it seems like, hey. This is the type of movie we make. These are the only type of movies we make. We don't venture off that path. And and it's really hard to watch them. I mean, I look at Turning Red. Turning Red, I mean, everyone knows I don't like that movie. It's such a cut dry movie. That's a that's a straight to DVD five dollar bin at Walmart movie. Right. I liked it. I, liked I thought it, it was fun. I thought it was thought fun. It was good. So uh, let me ask you an honest question, Lewis. Are, yeah, are right. you are you one of the people who we kind of sometimes I always hear that says like when you go to the park at Disneyland, the magic's gone. Are you that way with Disney's movie movies, their, their, their IPs, their content and stuff. Do you, are you that like the, the magic's gone? Like me, I am, I look at it almost, and I'm, I'm going to really size my body here. I look at it as like a buffet line. I look at, all right, what's the story? What is the story of the movie? What are the characters? What is the music like? What is the setting? How original are we going with this content? Um, everyone knows I'm a huge spokesperson for Onward. I loved Onward. The okay. fact that it was a missing dad, two boys, that it was a really different take on it. The entire landscape was themed around a subject, mostly the D&D atmosphere. Loved it. Nothing, it was like you you felt the story, you felt the realness. With some Disney movies, it 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 feels like, hey, this is our blueprint how to make movies. We have our start, we have our middle, we have our end, we have our hero, we have our villain, the villain loses, the hero realizes they're stronger. Fill in the blanks, that's our movie. As where some movies, yes, that's still the foundation, but it gets so blurred that you get lost in the story, frozen. Another beautiful moon. No prince, no nothing. Two sil- two sisters running through this adventure. Okay, this is new. Let's let's see what this is about. I like this. So for some movies, I don't do that with every any of the Disney movies. I give them a chance when I watch them. Usually, I'll watch them twice. And Elemental, I thought was Disney coming back. We talked about it on a show a few shows back because they sprinkled in music, they sprinkled in characters. There was comedy. They even sprinkled in the LGBTQ+. And guess what? It didn't get blown out of proportion because it was done so seamlessly in the movie. They're like, yeah, it's two sisters. They're a couple, and we're going to keep the story going. Boom. Oh, that's that's amazing. It's awesome. I watched it a second time, and then I couldn't help but think, like, wait a minute. This is the blueprint to Zootopia, a fox and a rabbit, a predator and a, a, a uh, what do they call the opposite from a predator? It's a predator and a... The prey. But it's prey. Thank you. Predator and prey. Oh, that's wait, hold on. Yeah. Oh, wait. Elemental. Fire and water. Oh, those don't mix, but they're gonna mix in this movie. Interesting. It's in a town where everybody can get along. That's crazy. That was Zootopia. <laughs> oh, you know, it's like it's like, come on. Like you didn't, and then it's it's it, what even is sad is that's on the Pixar side, and Pixar films right now, 
I mean, let's be honest, haven't been that great. Lightyear was, I mean, an Garbage. almost forgettable trash. movie. Trash. Yeah. Yeah. So Luca, Luca is literally the um, boy version of Little Mermaid. Mom, I want to go see the real world. Oh, I found a friend. We got legs. I can't tell them who I am. Oh, thanks. That's that's Little Mermaid, just boy version. I mean, but you go to movies like Frozen, Raya, Onward. Uh, even though there's a lot of people that don't like Encanto, I think it's more because it's like the Frozen fever. Encanto just took over the world for like a good six months there. I don't think everybody that hates that movie hates that movie. I think they're just like, we don't need any more of that right now. We know about Bruno. We know we're not supposed to talk about him, but the world knows about Bruno. So I feel like that movie just gets a bad rep because of that song. But those movies, you you buy into them. Like those are characters that like if you met in the park, you're tearing up because you remember watching them. But Wish, Elemental, they didn't have that. They were fun. They were cute. But, like, I got three kids at Elemental. They enjoy it, but they turn it on, and after about 20 minutes, it's forgettable. My daughter loved Wish. She could be a little beat biased because she got the dress of Asha, and she loves it. But Well, she's awesome, oh, too. So, I mean, Emily She is. Awesome. I mean, I won't I'm not diss my own yeah. kids. But, yeah, so for me, Disney animation is the heart and soul of Disney. So therefore, I'm going to critique the day out, days out of it. And when, again, going back, when you look at movies like Onward, Raya, Coco, and Ganto, the over the last like ten years, those are solid movies, and that's great storytelling at its finest. These stories right now, well, one, the marketing's bad because they try to play a wish off as a hundred year celebration. It's not that. Yeah. There's some there's some tidbits in there to make you believe that, but I think they need to. Go back to what they used to do, meaning, and I'm going to change it a little bit. When, okay. if you had a movie you were writing or a short, you put your blood, sweat, and tears into it. You pitched it to the creative team, and they're like, yeah, that's the movie we're making. As we're right now, it seems like everyone's just like, hey, we're going to make this movie, and that's what we're working on. Because before, I mean, early Pixar days, you had Toy Story, Monsters, Inc., Incredibles, all those movies pitched by certain art directors and then the creative team sat around heard all the pitches and we're like you know what that's a good movie let's make that one as we're now i think they're pitching the movie before anyone's really played out the storyline all right but, but no to answer your question i'm not a i'm not a i hear i hear what you're saying i this i completely this is what this shows for i disagree Completely, because here, here's my here's my little response to that. If you were to take the timeline of Pixar's movies and you were to reverse them, so instead of opening out that right out the gate, Toy Story and stuff, Toy Story is the last. Toy Story is being made in 2023. People today will still complain about Toy Story, like, oh, they run out of ideas now. We're making making movies about toys. Like the the stuff you get in Happy Meals or the stuff that Dis like come on Disney like go back to you know wh where you started out your roots and stuff like literally if you take their playbook and you flip it and all the the Pixar movies that have came out lately and you put those in the beginning in the late nineties and stuff and had them come out 
people will be raving about it and everything else. And then if you introduce those earlier movies that people love, then the cars and Toy Story and all that stuff, they would be like, okay, now Disney's just like, oh, now we got talking cars, toys. What next? VeggieTales? Like what? That We're going to have that. That's where we are. What? And so I'm only saying that for this fact. I think we speculate a lot about what goes on behind the scenes on making these films. Like it feels like it was just a rush job. It feels like there wasn't no blood, sweat and tears into those projects. We don't know that we I'm sure they're why would they change up that formula? Cause that formula brought them untold fortunes. Why would you also in one day say, you know what, you know how we uh, we did all that extra work and you guys were so in love with making these films and these characters come to life and everything else. We're going to switch it up because, you know, we don't we don't want that level of success. We don't want all that money. We don't want. No. Why would they change the recipe uh, towards the end and stuff? Because they they know that's that recipe brings in the money and stuff. So what I'm saying is this. Maybe what your experience with Disney is anecdotal. In this way, that is, it's a Lou custom experience with Disney. That relationship is completely from Lou's perspective and everything else. And granted, there's a lot of Lou's out there who very much is, um, they they have an honest critique. Because I, I couldn't disagree with anything you're really saying other than that there's some speculation and pieces and stuff going on about losing their magic or going back to what they did, like when they came out with Toy Story and all this other stuff. I really, in my head, again, speculation on my part, if they really did reverse their IP playbook, and and although those early movies came out now, I think the Lou experience will still be the same about what happened to Disney and Pixar and everything else and stuff. That's my t- that's my. No, I, I, I hear what you're saying, and I, I don't I don't I don't disagree with you saying. Um, but I mean the same. T- I don't. There are definitely people that are going to be out there hating on it to hate on it. And mm-hmm. uh, there, there's like the four degrees of Disney. You really hate Disney, and you'll do everything you can to run their name through the mud. Then there's like the critiquing Disney, which is I feel like that's the category I usually sit in. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm more negative than positive, but it's like harsh criticism. But then. You have like you go to the, the the third degree of Disney, and that's the hey they messed up, but it's all right. The, the very optimistic side. You'll mm-hmm. you'll say hey that was a, that was a fail, but we're gonna get past this. Then you have what I like to call the pixie duster stage, and that's no matter what Disney says, that they do no wrong. That everything mm-hmm. they say is gold, and it's it's money. And I feel like the way I just described it. None of our, our our hosts are in there, even though some of them assume I uh, call them pixie dusters. I do use it a lot in the chat. But the way I just described it, I don't think anybody's that. But I agree. There are people that are going to hate on Disney just to hate on that. And I do lean more towards that. Um, but in the mentality that like what Walt used to do. Like, yes, that's really good. But I know you could be doing better. I don't say you lean towards the hating crowd. I, 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 I don't know. If I, if I had to keep, create, create, give you a scenario to, to make it kind of make sense, you would be that parent that um, if a kid brought you a B minus on their report card, you know that A is possible. You know A oh, yeah. game is there. You know, And you look at that as like, I'm not celebrating you for a B minus. Like, are yeah. you like, and there's those parents who were like, oh my God, you got a B minus. That you <clears> did terrific. I can't, my kids are genius. Or the teacher's wrong that you should have got an A because I'm looking at your stuff. No, you're keeping it real. Like, look, you could do A level work. 
I, I know you can. I've seen it done before. So I'm not okay with this being minus. I'm not going to celebrate a beam. That's what I picture you as, Lou, as that dad who, if I got beam, I'm a little scared to come talk to you. Right. Gotcha. Sean. Well, uh, it's funny because, you know, Lewis, all I ever say is, well, whatever works for him, it works for him. You know, it, it's okay because people are going to show up. You know, I always tell you that. Whenever you have a criticism about something, it's all right. They're not going to change it because people are going to show up. You got a fucking problem because no one showed up to this. And I was completely shocked. I was com- We've been talking about this for a couple months on all the shows, just getting rewatched. I think we watched The Wish um, on this show like a month ago. We watched the trailer just out of the blue. It's 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 crazy to me. I thought this was going to be like, this was going to save Disney. This was going to, and I'm not a pixie duster at all because I do have criticisms as well, but I really thought they were doing the right thing. Like Sam even said, they're marketing it. Kelly and Courtney said they're marketing this one. Finally, they're doing what they're supposed to do. $30 million in a weekend on Thanksgiving weekend. There's something there's, there is a, a disconnect from Disney to the public and i don't know if it's i don't understand it i i i will lean back on it i do say that i think part of it is streaming i think streaming people are going to stream this in a month or two and be like oh cool i can like i was when you said you were going i was completely shocked that you said you were going because i'm like lewis is going to see wish but he didn't go to see this one or that one and I'm like, you didn't even really, you weren't even like, hey, the trailer's pretty good. You went good for your kids, which I completely respect. And I think that's that's awesome. But it there's a problem. And and I'm I don't know. It's it's really weird to me that a Disney movie that's supposed to celebrate a hundred years of this company being around through animation, thirty million dollars. That's that's terrible. Hunger Games actually beat it. I looked. Hunger Games beat it over the for opening weekend. Um, come on. Elemental did $38 million. It's, and this was supposed to, and, and that had no marketing. Me and David watched the trailer for Elemental. Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, I'm literally, I think it was for one of the, I think it was Quantum Mania or something. We, we were there watching it and we're like, what is this? Mm-hmm. You know, and th- this came that, that Thanksgiving weekend 30. And I'm never really, really critical at Disney, but this is, there, there, there is an issue. But I've heard that anyone that has seen this movie for the most part likes it. Uh, well, so, so when you say, go ahead. Well, when you say there's issues, I think I, there there's definitely issues. I think there's levels of it. One, I do think the streaming, knowing that it comes out in three months to Disney Plus, I think is an issue because now people aren't rushing out to see it. Two, I do think like times are a little tougher than normal, so going to the movies is a little more expensive. But I think for me, I think the biggest issue that Disney has right now is the fact that they're, they're yes, they marketed the movie. And yes, we saw commercials, we saw flyers, but you didn't know what the movie was about. And after seeing, the movie, after seeing the movie, no, it was marketed as something completely different. Hmm. You, you're watching the movie and, oh, the movie that took 100 years in the making, you almost... With the trailer and some of the King Magnifico, all that, I thought it was going to be like a Walt animation where he's the the wish maker and all that. Like that's what I went to go see, and I saw. I was like, yeah. this is not it. Yeah. But I do think there are issues amongst the movies, but it's hard to pinpoint 
what they are because we don't know. And going back to what David said, we don't know what it is behind the scenes that's making 100%. this so bad. Yep. But obviously, Disney is used to doing you know eighty to one hundred million dollars opening weekend, Ooh. and now they're not. Yep. But they're but at the same time, what did Disney do ten years ago that made us as viewers, as supporters, as fans say, "Hey, I know I have rent next week, but here's eight hundred dollars because I need that more than my house." What right. they're not doing that no more. Right. So I when well, you hit on something what I what I really wanted to say when because we're now we're talking about why it only made thirty eight million. What's going mm-hmm. on? And we are we are playing the speculation game. But I, I have one. I have a theory for you guys. Like I really do think that uh, Disney set themselves up for failure because their ex they set their expectations too high, and we as a public. Set that we we solidified those absolutely. We did. I there was a year that Disney had seven billion seven movies that hit a billion dollars. Yeah, it's like four that, years ago. It was like unheard, yeah, yeah, unheard of and stuff. Set talk about setting the bar. Yeah. The top ten all time movies. The Disney owns the majority of those in the top ten lists and stuff. Setting the bar high. So much so that we expect blockbuster numbers. Again, I go back to Elemental cracked a half a billion dollars and stuff. Yeah. That's a that's a win. Opening weekend was crap. They got mm-hmm. shit on and everything else, just like this, just like this movie is. This is just opening weekend. We and Disney both to to an extent, Disney's really came out swinging. And and I want to say this. I think four years ago. We were in a different role. Absolutely, we really, we really were. We have to take a little bit of responsibility, and that needs to enter into the conversation. We, before years ago, prior prior pandemic, we were out and about living our lives, yep. really, you know, spending money, doing whatever we want to do, waiting for that next big thing to come out. You know, knew that Disney was throwing out bangers and stuff. To now, all these streaming services are doing everything they can to get you to stay home. To just watch their stuff, consume their stuff. You work, you come home, you don't really got time to go out. You just want to stream, and you can stream anything you want, anytime you want. On demand, on demand is king, and mm-hmm. it's to the detriment of a lot of movies and stuff. Now I we don't see the series of billionaire blockbuster, blockbuster, blockbuster. I don't now think we'll ever will again. One or two. There's room every year for maybe yeah. one or two billionaire blockbusters no matter what studio put it out if it's good right. it's going to if it you know it's going to hit it and then it's just this we're going to get these barely cracking 50 mil here and there and stuff like that that's the new world we live mm-hmm. in and stuff. i agree 100 percent disney so, has their their spark their part in this you know they they do oh yeah their quality and all that other stuff but it's not solely just hanging on them we live in a new new world and i think we need to really adjust those numbers of, of what those expectations are, we we can't expect home runs on good quality, even if it's a good quality movie. Right. Like you go in and do a and said, "Oh my god, I absolutely love this movie." I don't know why it got so. We can't expect home runs and stuff, even from good quality movies. If Disney figured out that recipe, so yeah. so yeah. I'm gonna hundred percent. I, I I agree with what he's saying for sure. I'll give you this, David. We'll check back on the same topic in three months. And the reason why, see, we keep mentioning Elemental cracking, uh, you know, half a billion dollars. 
So mm-hmm. Elemental's domestic opening, domestic opening was twenty nine million dollars. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and it made a half billion. Now, the uh, Wish came in at ten million dollars less than that domestically. So, I- I'll give you that that it's gonna be a slow climb, but. My question in three months is, what if it doesn't make that? Then we have that conversation. Yeah. Uh, I think it's fair. I think everything that's being said today in in regards to opening weekend is absolutely fair. And then I say, hey, you know what? It's it matches with what 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 happened in three months. It didn't really do that. Well, nothing really changed. Nothing shifted. No one decided to do the big Christmas bump and go see a, a movie with their family, you know, for Christmas to take the kids out to do stuff. So blew up, you know, that it just, you're right. It just, it, it just was a dud. And, and for me, I'm willing to wait to see if that's the case, but where, where I'm, what I'm just saying is that there is, we're in the time of slow burners and it, that's just the way it is. We're going to get these slow rises and stuff, and then they're going to tap out. And we're and we're hoping that those slow rises. It's like watching a baseball game. You, you're waiting till the end, that seventh inning, to see those numbers because those are the numbers that matter. It doesn't matter what you did in the first or second or third inning and stuff. What matters is the points at the seventh inning because that's you're at the end of that game. You're we're at the end of that IP. We're at the end of where it's about to be put on Disney Plus. We're at that's where those for me, that's where the real numbers are. That's really dictates whether it's a success or not. Opening weekend, I think that that shit changed. The world changed. We're just not going to get those billion dollars, billion dollars, or you know, those hundred plus million opening weekends in any anymore. We may get one or two a year. So I I, I don't I disagree. I have a quick question for you guys. So, you know, the Marvels came out a month ago. Mm-hmm. No, no, it actually came out just a couple weeks ago, right? Two weeks ago. Yeah, it was two weeks ago. $188 million worldwide. Is, 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 that, is that trending a success? I mean, I think like Louis said, come back in three months. I don't think it does $500 million in three months, you know, because I think Elemental came out in July. So mm-hmm. I don't know. That's five months. It's, it's it's September. It's December now. So I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just looking on box office mojo so, there, and you know, 188 million dollars domestically. You know, domestic opening of 46 million dollars. The Marvels beat Wish domestically. So my thing with the Marvels and, and and David touched on it is it's a different beast. But the things <laughs> with Marvel and Lucasfilm is those films and the, and the live actions with Disney. But the bigger live actions or action movies, too much gets too much laundry gets aired out mm-hmm. during its marketing. You know, you have the first trailer of Marvels come out. They're playing the Beastie Boys song. It's a fun. It's a fun trailer. I wasn't too ecstatic for it, but then I, I'm being biased. I wasn't right. a fan of the first Captain Marvel, so I was like, okay, I got intrigued. But too much, a the whole reshoot comments reshoots happen, but there was apparently a lot on this. Um, there was that, but I think also too, the reshoots. And then that last trailer was a completely 180 of what you saw. But yeah. unfortunately for the Marvels, I think too much came out from behind the scenes to the public's eye that in a way kind of tarnished 
the Marvel effect that Marvel movies have because Marvel movies usually pretty, pretty. I mean, even Ant Man, even though it had some some negative feedback beforehand, Quantumania did pretty good. I mean, so for it to be that low still, I think the Marvels itself. I have not seen it yet. I've heard pretty neutral things across the board, but I think for the Marvels itself, that exact movie, I think too much behind-the-scenes laundry came out in the public's eye and kind of tarnished the effect of that movie. That that wasn't my point. My point was it's it did better than Wish, and that it's just that's just odd to me because because uh, Wish had such a such a, 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 a like I said we're go, we're just going to be beating the same thing here until like you said wait three months so we can get off the topic. I don't know what else you guys even talked about. So no no, well, no. And, and I get and, and so I'll just end with this. I think I think numbers are good. You know they they kind of really show some things, but ultimately it comes down to whether or not you enjoyed it or not. I thought the Marvels were fun. Yeah. There's some pieces I didn't like. Like it was my own personal hell watching yeah. the, the existence of a planet that is high school musical. No, oh, come on. That, <laughs> that, I, you couldn't paint a better vision of hell for me than that. Just having someone <clears throat> sitting at me all the time. I would be the most violent villain on that planet. I just, uh, so, but. When I Beyond watched that, that, I was so wishing I was with you watching that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You would have saw. Yeah. You would look at hey, me. That's the next show like, coming to the Hyperion. Hell? That's the next show coming to the Hyperion, the planet. So, but, but, <laughs> probably better than Roger. So. But overall, I enjoyed it. It was a fun little roller coaster ride. I, I enjoyed it. There's some pieces. It's not a perfect movie. There are some pieces. There's always, I'm a comic book person. I, I, I love watching things kind of unfold. But, and there's, there are some pieces I think. Um, Miss Marvel, uh, Iman, she killed it, and I think the reason why she killed it because she's a bigger comic book nerd than I am. Like yeah. she really embodies that role. I think Carol Danvers was a, was kind of a miss because, oh, well, not I like Brie. Brie's a great Brie can act. She's great. I think the way they wrote that character, they weren't sure about how to write her. They, I, I, I saw them originally going with like this Ripley, badass Shiro, uh, hero person and stuff, which I was on board for. And then they tried to create this kind of weird uh, princessy kind of uh, you know, vibe that doesn't fit her persona and her character. Marrying someone for convenience or politics and all. I know you haven't seen that yet, Lou, but they're there. It was almost like the dueling personalities in one and that was every, that has everything to do with the writing nothing to do with the person like she can be that broken person who's a loner and, and has her reasons for it and stuff and I was on board for that she's never going to be the aunt that Monica Rambo really wanted or needed and there's a reason for that because of her trauma and everything else and so but it just didn't. It, it was like she's playing two roles in the same time. That's what I got. But other than that, it was a fun. It was just a fun, fun movie, regardless of what the box office said. So that's fair. So before, but before we continue, we are going to take our getaway today break. And uh, <laughs> but I will let you guys know the topic that when we come back. So it's our second. Where did I put it? Oh, here it is. So. Uh, Iger's one-year anniversary just passed of him being back for Iger 2.0. So uh, we are going to discuss Iger's uh, past year in back at Disneyland. So we're going to take our getaway today break, 
and we'll be right back. Yeah, all right. All right. That's not it. That's not Wait, it. That's a quick break. <laughs> so. Well, hello, and welcome to Let's Get to Know Our Sponsor. Getaway Today has been helping Disney vacation dreams come true since 1990. Whether you choose to visit the happiest place on earth or travel to Orlando and beyond, they want to help you. Need to know the best hotel in the area? What theme park tickets should you buy? Have a last minute change? No worries. Their travel experts are always here to help. Want to book a cruise and don't know where to start? Hey, they can help with that too. They will help you find the perfect cruise for your vacation, whether it is your first time or you're a well-seasoned cruiser. When you book your cruise with one of the Getaway Today's experts, you will have a dedicated agent to help you every step of the way. They take care of the details so you can have the most fun. Getaway Today has layway, peace of mind travel, allowing you to cancel or make changes up to 72 hours in advance. You will always have the most up-to-date vacation information, both pre-arrival and upon your welcome. Getaway Today will guarantee the best prices with no hidden fees. And every time you book through Getaway Today, they will donate a portion back to a charitable organization in your area. And so far, over $4.5 million has been donated. So click the link in our show notes to start your Disney vacation planning for more information and the best deals. Tell them Walt's apartment sent you. And until next time, enjoy the view from Walt's apartment. I would like to formally apologize for That's butchering fine. that sponsor break. <laughs> 4.5 million. <laughs> So, Iger's one-year anniversary just passed. I was so stoked. I was going to upload the pictures. So, the day that Iger – I'll upload them while we're talking. But um, So, Iger's one-year anniversary for Iger 2.0 has just passed. It literally was like yesterday, exactly a year, because it was a Mm. Sunday night. So, I've – all I know is uh, my face of memories popped up when it, we yeah. announced it. I was like, oh, man. It was a Sunday um, night. I remember. Uh, I was on my way back from my hospital with my dad, and I remember because that's when they kicked out old Iger. Sorry, buddy. I mean, uh, uh, Chapik. So you think Chapik, a bit back to the real thing before we get into this, do you think Chapik's like, you know, because he obviously greenlit Wish because it was done being done before Iger came back. You think he kind of said "fuck you" and like, <laughs> this is my this is my last hurrah. I'm gonna say, give you this, and so the last thing we can blame that we can blame Chapek for, I think, is is wish. I, I'm gonna be. I don't think Chapek knew he was getting pushed out. No, but so I, I think he was operating in good faith, is what I'll say. It was a fucking it wasn't executing right, but I think he was operating in good faith. Just move this money here. Move this money here. <laughs> Put this over here. I know if you hide this, okay. behind this no one will see okay. it. He was operating in good faith in a Ponzi scheme-ish sort of way. <laughs> Disney's a Ponzi scheme. That's so, awesome. but with, with, hey, with all that though, let's let's let, let's talk about this. Iger doing any better so far? No, no, and and I think that's that has to be expected. I mean, there's a real reason why Chapek got replaced. Things weren't going in the right direction for Disney. 
And you can't just take the helm back and expect to right the ship. He has to go through some tidal waves and turb- turbulence and all that other shit. And I'm not, this isn't pixie dusting. I'm just saying, Iger has to own some of the shit, the stuff that he did. 100%, man. That's, that's because what I always he can't. About. He can't continue <coughs> to elude that that was the check picker and I'm cleaning yeah. stuff up. No, dude, you're, you're in the you're in the driver's seat. You're making decisions, and you've been doing it for the past year. So you get to own a lot of this shit. But I, just, I mean, eighty billion dollar Fox purchase, whatever it was that he left Disney with when he re- peace. Here you go, enjoy Fox and have fun with this new streaming service. I'm out. See, oh, and part of me, part of me, <laughs> me our Iger knew what the fuck he was doing about this. I, he, he bailed out nine months nine months earlier than his yep. actual retirement. Like, and then to find out after Chavik did the interview afterwards when he got let go, Iger was never really gone from the scene. No, he was so, there for a year. He was there for a year. He didn't yeah, even give so, up his office. So yeah, I mean, how do you not? How are you not able to fix Chapek's problems in a year when you were not even gone for a full year? So and poking that bear the whole time, you know. Oh, look what he's doing right, now! Look what he's doing now! Not only that, you, I, I, mean, I just finished reading. I didn't read it. I gotta stop saying. That. I listened to it on audiobooks. Um, the Ride of a Lifetime book. He hopped in the driver's seat after Eisner left, and turned things around with Steve Jobs and Pixar within the year. Within three years. He's in the driver's seat and purchasing Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Within, I think it's seven years, 2005, 90, no, no, 12 years. He's turning around and in discussions with Lucasfilms. So, yes, it takes some time, but you already have all of those key things under your umbrella at this moment. It's not like JPEG went in and said, we're going to sell that, we're going to sell that, and now you're back in the driver's seat with nothing. No. It's like leaving your seat to use a restroom in Monopoly. You come back and all your property, all your hotels, and all your houses are still there. You just got to go around the board once. And right now, I, I I don't think he's doing that. He's he's It's like he's going around the board doing his own thing, but nothing is reflecting Disney. I mean, his his contract got extended until 2026, but even in, in the SCE filing or SCA, I forgot which one it is, even in that filing, though, he's still in there for I think five more years after his contract's up or his 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 seat is up. So yeah. Iger's not going nowhere for like the next like seven years, technically. If he's too, old, too, I mean, no, no disrespect, he's old. Well, guess what? That's why they ousted Eisner. He said it clear as day in his book, or not Eisner, uh, Roy, 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 did. Roy, yeah, because he you know he was going up against the company and this and that, just causing challenges. Well, guess yeah. what? Iger's doing that, but yeah. he's also buying the board. I mean, let's be honest. That's what that new investor from Florida or uh, from here, from California, in the he's the new, uh, what do they call it? I forgot the technical term for it, but he's a new investor, and that's what everybody wanted. They, But everyone was pushing for pelts, and now they have this new guy, and that's going to be the fixing. But what has Iger done to make things better? I mean, there's nothing. I mean, he's Made a lot of layoffs to break par. I get that, but you can't keep laying off to say, "Oh, I, I now we're profiting." 
at what those are some of those those roles, some of them, not all of them, were key roles that you still need to have filled. But to be real, that 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 layoff, the layoffs that was the last thing that Chapik announced. He announced that that had to be done because Chapik is a business person and was trying to do what he could do, what he could do. And you're right. Iger is riding the coattails of we cost, we cut all these costs. Yeah, you did what the other guy said he were going to do. That's all he's done so far is he's done what Chapik said he was going to do. He hasn't done anything on his own. You know, he said we're going to, I mean, they they split the company three ways. That's what they've done. They split it into three divisions, which I think is smart. And I've always, I think that's, I think that is a smart plan. Um, I, I respect Bob Iger. I talk shit about him all the time, but I mean, he did do a lot for the company. I still think Michael Eisner got a bad, got, got a bad ousting as well. You know what I mean? They were trying to revolt against him when he, when, when he, at the end for him. And I loved, I thought Michael Eisner's done the most for the company and that pretty much, I mean, park wise has done the most. I mean, he created the Renaissance era with little mermaid and lion King built like six amusement parks while he was in charge. Dude's done more than probably anyone else. In my opinion, yeah, yes, for, yes I, I bought bought Star Wars and bought Marvel and bought all this. Okay, do something with it now. Do do more with it than what you're saying. I will give you that. Eisner did a lot for the parks. Eisner did a sufficient amount for the animation, yeah. but I think he's also the one that stabbed animation in the back. Hundred percent. I mean, it's yeah. When 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 when. He let Roy get into the conversations with uh, Jesse Ketz- uh, Ketzenberg and Jesse Ketzenberg walk or the other name Jesse. But when he walked the, the, uh, what is it called? The uh, post Renaissance era, mm-hmm. all those movies. Now, granted, there's a lot of cult fans about it. There's a lot of people that love like treasure planet and Atlantis and like that, but those movies tanked. Mm-hmm. And ironically, <clears throat> we're seeing that same thing right now with Pixar in a, a mild way. You know they got they they got rid of John Lasseter for all different reasons, um, but and now the movies are slipping. So let's I think we're real. at a post. They, they, they were good reasons. Let's be real. They were good reasons to get rid of the guy. <laughs> I mean, yes, but I mean, at the same a whole time, topic. It's a whole other. But I mean, isn't it isn't it innocent until proven guilty? I mean, they, that's not why Johnny Depp walked. I mean, I'm just saying. That's fair. I mean, they I asked Johnny Depp before they before any type of ruling came. Yeah. So I mean, yes, there was, but yes, that's a conversation for a whole different yeah, time. Whole gonna, but <laughs> I think Iger 2.0 right now is not doing anything. I want him to. I want to. I want the company to be successful. It's sad to sit here and say we're a Disney, like Lewis always says, we're a Disney-based podcast network that talks about Disney, and a lot of our conversation is about what they're doing wrong, and that's and that's not what we started when we started this, but that's just what that's where we're at now. With everything, it's just it's if that makes sense, you know what I mean. So let, let me let me ask this because I you two know way more about Disney and its inner workings and everything than I do. Like I came on board on the Marvel guy, mm-hmm. I, I was bought into this uh, situation here. <laughs> but let me just make this outside baseball kind of perspective and stuff. Um, so Eisner to me has always been the the, the king of content guy and stuff. And, and in this way, he, his purchases he's done in his 15 year tenure prior to the 2.0 version coming back. Yeah. You're, you're saying Iger, not Eisner. Right? I, Iger. Okay. Iger. Okay. Okay. He, you know, he bought the number one and number two 
biggest running franchises on the planet. 100%. Bar none. Yeah. King content. He gets to be golden boy yep. for that. Now, I don't know, but I haven't heard a lot about the big, ginormous breakthroughs or push forwards for the parks that Iger did. And what I saw in this fourth quarter earnings report is he's going back to his traditional roots of trying to big up on content by focusing on sports. Sports is now the new content baby of Disney, and that's where that money train is going to go. So he's found success in building and helping solidify number one and number two. He's content king. Yeah, I give that to him. He's going back to his roots. And so, therefore, the, the parks and everything else, I, I don't know this personally, but it doesn't sound like he was ever that parks kind of guy. But it, maybe it would be good to have somebody be that. But right now, he's focusing all of his eggs, the majority of his eggs, yeah. growing content, which is sports. That's the main focus of the next big endeavor for Disney and I don't well I told you Sean about what I thought about sports betting and all that yeah. other stuff it's an off brand for Disney in my opinion but it's probably like you said going to be very successful everyone loves sports everyone kind of bets everyone so he's he's going to hit the he's I think he's going to hit a another home run and create a sure. huge endeavor from that. I hope so I honestly but hope so for the company it's going to be at the cost of the other stuff that Disney yeah. is is good for. So that's my outside. I know little about yeah. the whole Disney experience um, opinion. So when it comes to parks, <laughs> when it comes to parks, it's 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 a very spider web apparatus. So you have your parky execs, the guys that green light, red light projects, stuff like that. But you have the Imagineers who are pitching these ideas but obviously through interviews through articles you're seeing more and more that imagineers are being utilized less and less every go around yeah and so because it's it's cheaper it's cheaper just to get an off-shelf attraction piece and put it in the park um it and you don't need in the storyboard cool we build around it done and right now, I think with Parks, you're right. Iger was involved to a fault from all the, the video clips and the little footage that is out there of him with the Imagineering. <laughs> He's there very much like Walt was. Tell me what how what this is. Why are we doing this? Sell this to me so I know, yes, let's do this. But I think, right I think now, a lot of that I think a lot of that is 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 planted like stuff. In my opinion, I, I get what you're saying. Like you're saying, like Imagineering story, like when he's standing there and they're building Buena Vista Street and all that stuff. Uh-huh. Pointing, yeah, of course. I, I mean, Walt did the same thing. So he, yeah, he's not, he's, but he's not a modern day Walt. Just so we're clear. At oh. all. Is that what you're gonna say? I mean, I'll say it now, just because I know you're gonna say it's not. <laughs> okay. I mean, I mean, you, you almost gave Eisner more praise than Walt just a minute ago, so. No, I, yeah, you can never do that. No one's Walt. We've had this fucking discussion many times. You're gonna get there's me all fired up. I'm gonna be yelling at my new partner. There, there, there's, there's some. There's, there's somebody yeah. out there, dude. That's you a diamond. Out of your goddamn mind. Why'd you say that just to poke me? 
after working all these hours? Because, Jesus, Jesus because literally, like, right I said, like I said last time, there has to be. There, there isn't, though. Because if not, this crazy train is on the road to nowhere. Yeah. Actually, it's on the way to Apple's warehouse, and then it's going to be rebuilt. But anyway, <laughs> I, I, Iger, I think the parks are making money, so they are being left alone. But okay. I think the parks are being left alone a little too much. I mean, especially now, granted, those that the China, the Shanghai, and all that, the new Frozen Land, they front most of the money for their projects. So you can't compare that. But at the same time, Disney has to realize. Damn, they are putting that money up for that, and look how beautiful that is. Yeah. That that new that now I'm not I'm the biggest <clears throat> squeaky wheel about fully themed rent lands around one IP. I have no problem with IP, but don't give me a full land theme around it because then you build yourself into a really really small box. You can't build any other attraction in Frozen Land because it's Frozen Land. Mm-hmm. You couldn't put Pinocchio in Star Wars Land because it's Star Wars Land. That's why I like Walt's original ideas, Fantasyland, Tomorrowland. You right. have these generic themes where it works. They're promoting that. And what do we get over here? We get new Disney Vacation Club hotels. Oh, we're taking this attraction and we're going to reskin it. Oh, we're going to take Dinosaur and put Indiana, even though it's not confirmed. But they really made that seem like that was the thing. Oh, great. Guess what? Everyone already knew it was Indiana because it felt like Indiana. So therefore, the same damn not- ride. Is it the same damn ride? It's the same right, isn't it? From what I've understand, it's the same on it, but everyone that says that's been on it says it's almost <clears throat> yeah. exactly like Indiana. So you're not you, know, you, you might be able to put Pinocchio in Star Wars as I think about it. I mean, he, he does have a wood saber. It, it could it could work. You can make you can make that work. Yeah. Real, real quick comment here from from Josh. He says, I honestly, don't think ESP and Bet is going to do well. It already is a saturated market, and FanDuel and DraftKings run the show, and ESPN already runs at a net loss every year. <clears throat> so it ran at a net loss until this quick? year. Yeah, because as, as a Marvel guy, I knew when Disney took over Marvel and stuff, and Marvel was struggling. I mean, Marvel was selling off their IPs. It's the reason why Hulk was gone, Sony got Spider-Man right. and everything else. When big money came in, in a market that was dominated by DC, which right. are Batman's and your Superman remakes and everything else and stuff like that, they blew that IP up. So, granted, you're right; it's a saturated market, and the the entry for Disney bought some lower tier uh, IPs, but they're about to Disney's money behind it and their rep, and they're going to blow that up. There's just no. There's no way Disney's not going to enter this and not dominate. So I agree. I think so. With that same mindset, though, if that's the case, why isn't Disney doing that with their other projects they already own? That's that's my question. Because Iger is king of, of content. He's about TV and that that those realms, those those things. The other stuff is not really his. You know, I mean, yeah. He's going to go out with three big golden rings. He's going to have the Marvel, regardless of what we say, you're, you're not going to topple that franchise. Uh, he's going to have the Star Wars, and then he's going to have sports. Those because, are I mean, golden rings. You, you look at everything from Fox forward. Mm-hmm. Nothing has showed that same integrity that they gave Marvel. Um, I Star Wars already had its built-in fan base. And you had the the um, almost like that. Uh, what's the 
it's been too you know, that withdrawal. So the movies did really well. But you hear about things that like people like Star Wars fans, they like there are your diehard fans that love everything Star Wars. Then you mm-hmm. have like, the same thing, same thing. You have the dark side and the light side. And then you have those that are like, really, Disney? That's what you did? You look at like Galaxy's Edge or a lot of people that love it, but then there's like the flaws. So with that same integrity of the ESPN, mm-hmm. why is Iger not doing that with everything else? I mean, you got Disney Plus, which is a bleeding artery right now. They said it was going to be. Yeah, they, they, said to be, yeah. they knew that, and they've known that, though. Yeah, but they said it's going to so. take five years to bounce back. Guess what? Next year. Next year is year five. Mm-hmm. Yep. And right now, they're they're saying that they're going to be profitable by, by the end of next year. But the people that get paid to follow these statistics and, and look at the, the projections are looking at it as, hey, unless you raise your monthly subscription plan, or these ads, the ad tier really kicks in the drive, or you stop spending, which isn't going to help their their market. Mm. You stop spending so much on projects on on Disney Plus. All three of those projections, none of it, no calculus says, "Hey, that's going to pan out to be profitable." The way they're going right now, and the way they're already pitching, they're going doesn't add that. Hulu sinking Hulu into Disney Plus doesn't do that. If anything, it plugs one artery and cuts open another one. So why jump into this new project when you have other projects that are suffering? Yes, I get it. The parks are profitable, but not by much. And if and if you've seen the parks lately, I mean no, I mean I hope the lady that got hit with the light post is okay and surviving. But you look at the parks and they are suffering. Yes, they're making money, but I mean, they're they're not looking so well. They're not taken care of so well. You got some rides that are down more than they are or working. You got Walt Disney World that has a lot of attractions that are just there because they're there, but no update. Why go into this? Why go into an already saturated market when it's already saturated? When they bought Marvel, it was mm-hmm. weak and it needed the love. Mm-hmm. No disrespect to Marvel. Star Wars, it wasn't weak and didn't need the love, but no, it was just it was a dead horse. George Lucas was just sitting on it. In the book, George Lucas came to Disney after conversations of selling. Fox, that was just to load their Disney Plus content up and get that ready. All of these things had room to be profitable. They were already low but established. ESPN, yes, is an already established name, but I've shared this before. All the all the juicy, hefty sports contracts are already already claimed for. I mean, it's why when you go on ESPN Plus, yeah, blah, ESPN Plus, you get the the subpar stuff. Unless it's like not subpar, but it's like seasonal. But you don't really get nothing juicy on there. You're gonna have to spend a lot more money to pick up the MLB contract. Which, if I'm not mistaken, uh. Time Warner and uh, Comcast have that for quite some time more. The the NFL Sunday tickets on YouTube, it goes up every year to somebody else. But you look at people like Pe- Peacock and Paramount Plus, they're getting the games. So, yeah. like, what does ESPN do? You put up money for your betting and you put up money to buy the sports contracts? I mean, where's that money coming from? Is that another 7,000 layoffs? Because the stocks aren't reflecting it right now. Where does that come from? 
I, yeah, I, I think it's funny that they fired so many people from ESPN, like these big names, these all these, mm-hmm. and then brought in Pat McAfee for like a shit ton of them. But I love Pat McAfee. I think that was a brilliant move on their part. And it's shocking that they actually did that because of how he is. And he's not your typical ESPN broadcaster, which I, which I think is well. great. But he's great, though. But I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's all going to work out. We know that. Don't you bring that excuse in here. Don't you bring that. What excuse? It's, it's going to. The whole, people are still going to pay for Disney. It's not going to be sold. Don't you bring that one in here. That's what I said earlier about Wish. I I, I, I said that, and I thought that that was going to, Wish would turn it around, and it didn't. I. But we, we always talk about the parks, and they're not going to do anything in well, the parks because people are, and when people stop going, they're going to start doing something, but people are never going to stop going to the parks. Oh, they're going to stop going to the parks they're after not. small world. Oh my god! <laughs> they're gonna stop. You know, they, oh, that yeah, guy, they may man. be scared because they, they don't want to see some naked guy just roaming around. So yeah. Uh, so Josh here says so far. Let's just tap into this here. So far, income loss for 2023 was 3.39 billion, a 4.5 percent decline from 2022. Net income loss of for 2022 was 3.553 billion. A 40.1 increase from 2021 income slash loss for 2021 was 2.536 billion. A 205 no. that was COVID. That was COVID. So you can you yeah. can't even yeah that's COVID. Yeah, you, you can't lay that all at yeah. Disney feet. And, and I think everybody took those numbers. Everyone, everyone blames COVID for something. Oh well, you know the epidemic. But I, I think David hit it on the head. We talked about this earlier. He's a hundred percent right that the COVID changed the way everything is done. There are still people scared to death of the COVID virus and will not go to a movie no matter how much you pay them. Yep. There, there are, you know, I, I will are, give you that. I give you that that COVID had changed a lot, but you know what? It was, COVID no, COVID did not changed change. everything. But everything. The, the one thing COVID did not change is the expectations of what still should be done. But also, too, the quotas that are still supposed to be met. Quotas are still – all of that still has to be met. That can't change because it, it – I mean, it can't. Like, you've already set the bar. Yeah. So, yes, COVID changed a lot. But, I mean, it didn't change that much that old Iger can't bust out a, a solid Mickey Mouse debit card and start fixing some stuff. That's fair. I think it has. Here, here's the thing. There, what is he fixed? I would love to know what he's actually fixed. There, there's so Adam Marquez, there There's a big fight going on right now. I can I can specifically tell you right now. There is people who are remote at home workers, right? And there mm-hmm. is corporations who are all fine and dandy with it, supporting mm-hmm. it and all that stuff. And now they are desperate to get people back into the office to the point where some are threatening people, and people are at the point where they're like. I don't really care. I'll go find another job. We are in a new, different world. And these corporations, I get the bars were set, but they have to change. The, the, the meat, the, those bars for success, all that stuff has to be changed and it has to look differently. Everything else, like it, it's not really revenue. Stream, streams are important now. Uh, eyes, minutes, Netflix has it like net minutes viewed on their streaming platforms matter more than, than being profitability and stuff. Subscribers, even though there's a, there's a financial, uh, quantitative, um, 
thing to each subscriber. They would rather have people subscribe at 99 cents just to get those subscribers and stuff, because that's how valuable those, this is a whole new world and a new game. And as much as corporate, and I'm talking about Disney and everyone else wants to really kind of go back to the old days. And so they can claim those old benchmarks and those old successes, the world's changed. And we're now realizing and discovering what that's going to look like. And we have to redefine what success is. So in, in, if Disney existed in Yesterworld, they're failing. And I and I, I get people are saying they're failing now, but you're holding them to Yesterworld's standards. We have to figure out what today's world standards are and hold them to that and stuff. And so that's, that's what I'm going to say. I, I know I said a lot of it was all kind of all over the place, but I think we have to identify what today's world standards is and then hold – companies like Disney to those standards and stuff. And it's going to get there. It's just the force of nature. That's just kind of how capitalism works. Yeah. Man. Well, we had, we had one more activity, but we only got about two minutes left before we hit our hour and a half. My bad. Is it a fun activity? Uh, No, no, it takes a lot more conversation. So I'm going to save. Yeah. I'm going to save for um, our next show. Huh? The naked guy? No, that's for Wednesday. I told you not to talk, you, talk about you, you invite me on the show and I talk too much. Now we can't do all of No, no, no. You coming on brought a whole new uh, atmosphere to the show. I mean, it was a lot of conversating and debating. I mean, Sean's still sitting there calm. I mean, you leveled out the tension. I mean, I'm, I'm exhausted, talk. bro. I'm not going to lie. That's why. Sean doesn't have to go back to the doctor and get his little heart thing. I mean, yeah. you balanced out the scale. I mean, I yeah. can't wait till Kubrick comes back. I get to know you're really interesting, yeah. the conversations. But, no, I, again, man, like I always share on this show, everyone bring your popcorn, bring your opinions, because it's, it's going to be good. I mean, we all, again, we finish off with this, like, it's now like the tagline. We all want to see Disney be the best Disney they can. Absolutely. But, like, playing, like, like playing the board game life. Some of us go to college and some of us go straight to work. We're just trying to choose the, the right path for them to take. So that way they get there faster. Thanks, Kim. But, um, so, but I will give you guys a, a little snippet of what the game is. So the, the, the that segment is called the top and the top is every, every, every show will have, well, so to actually bring everybody that's just joined us and David. So we changed the formula of undisputed a few months ago, where it's not just a debate. We come in with like activities that bring some debates going. So the top and the segment that it was were what are the top five? Let me pull my screen back up. Hulky baby. So I like I said, what five things do you think Disney owns that can produce a solid income that they do not capitalize, which is kind of where we were going is what does Disney own that they're not utilizing for income but instead, kind of going the Toy Story route. Like, here we go again. We got another Toy Story. But so that segment's called the top. And each each time we bring the top, it's going to be just like it says, top five these, top five that. So it's going to be a segment. And our segments, for those that are just joining as well, so we're building segments as we go along. Uh, so our segments for this show, we have over, under, just right, self-explanatory. We know that one. We have Poisoned Apple or Pixie Duster which is the segment we just finished up. 
we got Stirring the Pot. So Stirring the Pot is a fun one. And what that is, is I know who's on the show, and I bring a topic that is just going to set flame to everybody. Uh. For instance, telling Sean that there will be another Walt sometime. Why just There's not going to be another fucking vault ever. So, <laughs> uh, but so uh, so that's what that is. And and then the last segment that we have that we do is what do you smell when you hear this? Which me and David kind of played earlier. It's not really games, not really change, but instead kind of adding some some loose topics that doesn't always get us back to well, why isn't Disney Disney? And if they're yeah. still going to pay, they're still going to pay. It gets us away from those True. answers and allows us to really get into a solid true debate though. like we true. just had tonight. Comments true. Is, is it true? I mean, there's a lot of parentheses in the fourth quarter earning call. People are going to show up a lot, no matter what. Except to come to movies. <laughs> so. Hey, Sean, who, who do you think impacted the world more? Elon Musk or Walt Disney? <laughs> don't answer it. You can wrap up the show, Lou. Um, I, I don't have I don't have a tattoo of Elon Musk, so I... <laughs> that we can see. <laughs> hey, Sean rips open his shirt. He's got the Tesla emblem like Superman. Yeah. Oh man. Well, guys. Oh, so for you guys, those of you guys just joining too or watching, um, undismuted. Obviously, if you've watched, this is not our normally our normal Monday, but now. going forward. <laughs> this will be our Monday and every other Monday from here on out. Yeah, a little extra magic hour mishap. Apologize for that. So uh, thank thank you, Lewis, for and David for stepping in and just doing this so quickly because I know this wasn't in the plan. Um, big real quick before we go. Also, uh, Disney Dependent will be on with Where in the Park on Wednesday on the live show. We're gonna have some fun, play some Where in the Park, Lewis. I think we need to come up with some kind of game too. So. What if Walt gets unfrozen? <laughs> I got I got the perfect response to that. What if was what if Walt gets unfrozen? This is what you do. Burn it down. You didn't end it.